20 minutes after 1 o'clock, Radio Veritas, 5.76am. This is Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top. The birthday hour, you know what to do in this hour. We celebrate with people's uh, birthdays. Well, we celebrate people's birthdays and those uh, uh, that are celebrating anniversaries and that sort of a thing. I know that uh, Tepiso is uh, celebrating today. We'll be getting in touch with Tepiso uh, to find out how the celebrations have been so far. And uh, maybe you have uh, anybody else uh, that you think I should be calling for today. We'll do 011-452-7115, SMS 41809. You can also email, and the email address is khanya, K-H-A-N-Y-A, at radioveritas.co.za, khanya, at radioveritas.co.za. And as I say, uh, SMS line is uh, 41809. That's 41809. 21 minutes after 1 o'clock, I think uh, let's make our first call already. And this is to Tepiso, who celebrates today. Let's see where this takes us. This Friday, the 8th, no, the 5th of the 8th month. Okay, sounds like uh, Tepiso's number is not being answered. Let's try the second number that uh, we have been given by Memosima. And uh, let's see where this uh, takes us. Still Radio Veritas, 576am. My name is Khanya Ditabe. And so we wait. Hello. 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 Tepiso. Hello. Okay, Tepiso. Asapiso. Oh, where's Tepiso? Tepiso. Eh, jifilo number eight memusima. Arikifone le Tepiso moyon. Oh, Tepiso two. Tepiso two. Eh. No, eh, kishifti le no, akiko kai. Oh, okay. Eh. So, onal how many years kana Tepiso? Tepiso na le. But I think I reached 21. I reached 21. <laughs> hey. No, I, I, I see, I, I, I see one. I can't get a neighbor. Oh, the neighbor. You are never give a cocoa meeting. Hey, mama, one of her Oh, Jabon, eh, eh. Eh, Nerina Lemulaita. Nerina Lemulaita, and I came birthday, Waban. What birthday? What birthday? Otonko Memusima, eh. 
Oh, come memo sima. So, wena kukupa fela umpitisete message o memo sima arikere ho tsepiso. Eh. Eh. Ah, that's nice. Hurray! Kopa wete jwalo heme and please pass on our message to to Tepiso. No, kita umulela Tepiso, ne? Umulela reke live mo Radio Veritas. So, umoyeng haribu wa some. Ah, what's wrong? Yo, karenke le grile na mwadita. Because hearts are a phone, so unfortunately, kia onataba yeyo. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, okay, good. Have a great one. 25 minutes after 1. Radio Veritas, 576 AM, 011-452-7115. That's where you can call me. I believe in the risen one I believe I overcome By the power of His blood Amen
Hello. Hi, Granny. Hey. How are you? Good in yourself. So tell me, how old, how young do you feel today? Who am I speaking to now? You're speaking to Khanya. Khanya? Yes. Uh, who's Khanya again? <laughs> what do you mean again? <laughs> no, who's Khanya? Don't say, Khanya uh, is Khanya. I mean, how, how Okay, how Khanya, I'm turning 43. 43? Yes. Are you sure it's not 23? Sorry? Are you sure it's not 23? Bona, I'm even going to paste my my picture. You'll see how how old I am. I'm a magogo. Where, where are you <laughs> going to post it? On this phone. I'm going to post it. Oh. The, 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 the profile pic. Oh, you mean on WhatsApp? <laughs> on my WhatsApp. Not Facebook. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and and yes. where where do you live, Granny? Koval. Valley guy. Sibukeng zone seven. Oh, zone mm. seven. And uh, yeah. Kereke, Kereke, where do you go? I'm Catholic. Okay, which parish? Saint Francis. Oh, Saint Francis, not Nyuluhelo. No, my goodness, who's this? Okay, that's fine, because uh, I have a message for you, actually. Sorry? I have a message for you. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think uh, what I'll do is, let me play the message for you, and you tell me who is this that uh, put you on the radio. Is that okay? You have a Okay, so listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, yeah. oh. I'm sure for the three or for the something. Anyway, so I can give you a number. Okay, before you do that, Laramopelle, three, two, one. Ah, this will be in a kikupanga, your wheel My voice is high hundred today. So, <laughs> Granny? Yo, that's my aunt, Sondo. Sondo, and what's her other name? Veronica Malinga. Again. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, well, what I didn't tell you is that you were live on the radio. No, man. No, you can't. <laughs> and uh, she said, I must then say to you, <whistles> Happy birthday, Happy dear Granny. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What radio station? Radio Veritas Catholic oh, Radio Station. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you. <laughs> So, we, now let's see how excited you are. When we say hip hip, you say hooray. <laughs> <laughs> so, have a lovely one, Granny. What song thank can you, I play thank you? Thank you very much. What song do I play you on your birthday? Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my goodness. Any, any, any song, as, uh, as long as it's joyous. Okay, so any song by Dress Celebration. Yes, uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, you caught me off guard. Um, oh my goodness. I, it's okay. Any, any song, eh, Joyous. So anything by Joyous. Anything by Joyous. Okay, well, something has just come up uh, from Joyous. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one, Granny.
Thank oh, you. By the way, I wanted to ask you why they named you Grady. Bye. Bye-bye.
joyous tena tena. <laughs> I think that's what you say. <laughs> well, that's how you say it. Radio Veritas, 576 AM, uh, 41809 is the SMS line. And of course, uh, get in touch with me via email, Khanya, K-H-A-N-Y-A, at radioveritas.co.za. That's uh, where you can get in touch with me. On this day, the 5th of August, uh, where we are celebrating with uh, various people, uh, for their birthdays uh, or any kind of uh, anniversary. Don't forget uh, to like our Facebook page, Radio Veritas South Africa. And, of course, uh, you can also join our group, and it's just called Radio Veritas uh, on Facebook. And you can uh, also follow us on Twitter at Radio Veritas SA or uh, on Instagram at Radio Veritas. And uh, so that's what it is. Uh, here on uh, Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top. I just want to quickly check uh, on my SMS line who else is uh, celebrating today. Memwe uh, Rampama, I know, is celebrating tomorrow. Uh, of course, uh, at this point, uh, we also want to think about the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, uh, who are celebrating their 200 years uh, anniversary tomorrow. And T.C. Nrovu saying, May Mother Mary guide them. Uh, uh, yeah, may Mother Mary guide them uh, in these 200 years. So uh, all the priests, all the Oblates of Mary Immaculate priests uh, that uh, we know, may they have a great one tomorrow. In fact, I think we need to do this especially for them today.
16 minutes to 2 o'clock. <laughs> Why am I singing on it? <laughs> and uh, what well, we've been uh, trying to get in touch with Tolo Nakin, celebrating his birthday today. I can't raise him, so we'll have to come back uh, to him. So, Iresta, just to let you know, we can't raise Ndate Tolo Nakin. But let's take a call. Hello, you're on the radio. Hello. Radio Veritas. Okay, going once, twice. Okay, and gone. It's exactly quarter to two here on Soft Options. Call now on zero one one four five two seven one one five. Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. Four five two seven one one five.
10th Avenue North, Christ is risen from the dead. On Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top. Of course, a few things are happening tomorrow. The ordination of uh, uh, Father Tsepolekoko at the parish of uh, St. Albert's in Fosloras. And uh, this looks like it's going to be a great event as we welcome one of our own in the Archdiocese of Johannesburg. So we congratulate you, Ndadelekoko. We will see you tomorrow at uh, the ordination. It will start at 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, it's at uh, number 1090 Mokhotlani Street in Fosloras. That's where the parish of St. Albert's is. For more information, uh, contact the parish, number 011-906-3500, and speak to Bongani Mulefe at that number. 011-906-3500. Of course, uh, also happening this weekend is the 200th anniversary of the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. The celebrations happening in uh, Peter Maritzburg, Olympia Hall in the Royal Show Grounds. Uh, It starts tomorrow at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, out in Peter Maritzburg. Uh, so that's going to be oh, a really a big thing. And then we have uh, the Catholic Bible Foundation. Uh, they're inviting you to their Women's Day celebration tomorrow. And they say it's to celebrate the importance and role of women in the family, church, and in our society. So this is tomorrow. It will start at 8 o'clock uh, in the morning uh, to about 3 in the afternoon. You'll also get lunch. It's going to be something. So for more information, speak to Sandra, 011-435-7488, 011-435-7488. And then, of course, uh, you have uh, the uh, Women's Day coming up on the 9th of August and out in Winterfeld, the parish of uh, uh, St. Peter's in Tlepan, that's uh, in the Archdiocese of Pretoria, inviting you to what they call straight talk uh, with women to celebrate Women's Day. And so it's uh, on uh, Tuesday, the 9th of August, and it will be at St. Peter's in Winterfeld. For more information, speak to Aida Skosana, 073-120-6630. That's 073-120-6630. And uh, Smart Casual is what you'll be required to wear, white with a touch of yellow. <laughs> so we look forward to that. That's on uh, Women's Day, the 9th of August, out uh, in uh, Winterfeld in uh, the Archdiocese of uh, Pretoria. So that's going to be great indeed. Eight minutes to two, and you're still on Radio Veritas, 576 AM. Here's some Chris Tomlin. Jesus loves me.
Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, The Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 20th of August at the Cathedral of Christ the King in Berea, Johannesburg at 2 p.m. The cost is 100 rand for adults and 50 rand for children under the age of 16. For more information, contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. Radio Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, The Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 26th of August at the Sacred Heart Cathedral in Pretoria. At 7 p.m., the cost is 100 rand. Contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387.
Veritas. Truth. The voyage of discovery lies not in finding new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Truth simply is. To a very good afternoon to you. I am Mahadi Butelezi. Elections update and Bishop warns of refugee crises in South Sudan. The Democratic Alliance is leading in Tswane with 44.22% and the ANC on the other hand is leading Johannesburg with 41.77% and Eguruleni 48.46%. Meanwhile, in Limpopo, the African National Congress has failed to retain three of the Waterberg District local municipalities in Limpopo, this for the first time since the ruling parties are sent to power. According to the results, there were no outright winners in the Waterbeck local municipalities, such as in Mudimolle, Mohopong, Belabela and Tabazimbi. The Democratic Alliance has snatched at least eight wards from the ANC, while the Economic Freedom Fighters has also managed to chip away at the ANC's dominance in the province. A former ZANU-PF youth leader, Gottfried Zeningamu, has laid into 92-year-old Zimbabwe president Robert Mugabe, whom he has described as an outdated, self-centered and power-hungry ruler. The former ZANU-PF provincial youth chairperson for Mashonaland Central earlier today told E! News that he now disliked Mugabe and his ZANU-PF party, which have ruled Zimbabwe since independence from Britain in 1980. In an unusual move, Tsenengamu implored the president's daughter, Bona, to engage her father and make him see reason, asking her to persuade her father to step down while there were still a few people that respected him for there shall be none soon. Zimbabweans have been hit by a major economic meltdown and have asked Mugabe to step down in the interest of the country, which has a staggering unemployment rate of more than 70%. Many companies have closed under the weight of Mugabe's indigenization policy that requires foreign owners to cede half their stakes to locals. The High Court in Johannesburg has dismissed an application by former SABC contributing editor Vuyo Mvogo to be reinstated. Mvogo approached the court in an attempt to prove that the SABC breached the terms of his employment contract by saying he would no longer be scheduled for work. This was after he published an opinion piece in a newspaper detailing his experience working at the public broadcaster, describing it as hell. Reasons for the order will be given on the 12th of August. Mvogo says he will appeal the decision. A South Sudanese bishop, Eduardo Hiboro Gusala, has warned of a looming refugee crisis unless the international community takes action to help end the conflict there. The bishop believes the crisis is not getting enough attention, but if ignored, warns that the tide of refugees reaching Europe's shores could be increased. The bishop has said that as Christians, we are obliged by our own faith in God to carry a message, and we have to continue to carry it despite the thorns, despite blood and daily difficulties, he added. 
more than any other times in South Sudan, this is a time for repentance. Taking a look at the financial indicators, the rand is trading at 13.68 to the dollar, 18.00 to the pound, and 15.24 to the euro. On to commodities, gold is trading at $1,361.80 an ounce, while Brent crude oil is trading at $43.80 a barrel. Recapping your top stories for this hour, elections update and Bishop warns of refugee crises in South Sudan. For Radio Veritas News, I am Mahadi Butelezi. seven corporal works of mercy to feed the hungry give drink to the thirsty clothe the naked welcome the stranger heal the sick visit the imprisoned bury the dead seven spiritual works of mercy to counsel the doubtful instruct the ignorant admonish sinners comfort the afflicted forgive offenses bear patiently those who do us ill pray for the living and the dead
Kogal Saint Dominique, a song to Our Lady, and this is just called uh, Maria. Kogal Saint Dominique. This is still uh, Radio Veritas, five seven six AM, and a fun quiz coming up shortly. You know what to do: zero one one four five two seven double one five. That's zero one one four five two seven double one five. It's a very easy one. It's about an English word, uh, so I hope uh, you'll be able to uh, crack uh, this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you'll be able to crack this one. So that's coming up shortly here on Radio Veritas, 576 AM. The never-to-be-missed golfing experience of a lifetime has arrived. Radio Veritas is hosting its second annual golf day on the 4th of October, 2016. To make your bookings, contact Mahari Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or 083-992-0387. So listen to this. Uh, there's an English word. Uh, it's, it has six letters. It contains ten other words without rearranging any of its letters. What word is this? A six-letter word in the English language which contains ten other words without rearranging any of its letters. What is it? 011-452-7115. 011-452-7115. An English word that, uh, well, it has, it's a six-letter English word that contains uh, ten other words without rearranging any of its letters. Uh, some you can even read backwards, but you don't have to rearrange uh, any of them. 011-452-7115. That's uh, the number to dial here on Soft Options, the show that's more than a cheer on top. Did you know that every month 55 million people go on the internet and search the word God? And every month 17 million people search the word love. That's because God is love. But you knew that. That's why you listen to Radio Veritas. The good news for a change. So, which six-letter word in the English language contains ten other words without rearranging any of its letters? But, I mean, you can read some words even backwards, but you don't have to rearrange any letters. 011-452-7115, that's the number to dial. 12 minutes after 2 o'clock. And uh, so don't forget, uh, next week, Saturday, the 13th of August, it's all happening at the cathedral in Johannesburg. Mark Emolo uh, celebrating uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe. And so they're inviting you to this celebration. It's going to be a huge celebration, as uh, you had uh, Mema Leboa mention uh, when we interviewed her last week. No, it's this week, uh, on uh, Monday this week. So be there. Next week, Saturday, the 13th of August, 9 o'clock in the morning. And for more information, you can speak to her, Mema Leboa, and her number is 082-496-7200. 082-496-7200. And, of course, uh, we have uh, the Cathedral of Sacred Heart in Pretoria. They have their golf day. It's 2,400 rent per four ball. It promises to be a great day indeed at Silver Lakes Country Club in Pretoria. The format is the better ball stable Ford. I think you will know what that means if you play uh, golf. 
and it's uh, uh, 2,400 rand per four ball. For bookings, please uh, get in touch with Zelda Palazzi, 078-406-4583. That's Zelda Palazzi, 078-406-4583. And then the following Saturday, the 20th of August, uh, the Northwest Deanery of the Archdiocese of Pretoria inviting you to a night vigil. This is the uh, vigil for the Immaculate Conception. And that will be at uh, the parish of Jonathan. No, this is that place called Jonathan. I think uh, the people of Pretoria call it Jonathan. Go <laughs> Jericho. And that will start at uh, 10 o'clock in the evening on Saturday, the 20th of August. Archbishop William Slattery will bless the door for the year of mercy. Uh, uh, and uh, this is uh, on uh, the 21st of August. So the next morning, that's when the Archbishop will bless the door of mercy at uh, 7.30 in the morning, followed by Mass. For more information, speak to Memambata, 082-638-5480, 082-638-5480. So, uh, Fun Quiz still stays, and uh, we would like to know more about, uh, the qu- well, about what we'd like to really get an answer to the question. Uh, it's a six-letter word in the English language containing ten other words without rearranging any of its letters. Any idea? It starts with the, it starts with the letter S, and ends with a letter D. What could it be? O one one four five two seven double one five. Six letter word in the English language, starting with the letter S, ending with the letter D. I think we're really making it easy, and uh, it's a six letter word containing ten other words without rearranging any of its letters. But some you can even read backwards. What could it be? So, on the other side of this, I hope to get an answer. Jesus, the very thought of you, it fills my heart with love. Jesus, you burn like wildfire, and I
I'm Archbishop Stephen Brislin from Cape Town. You are tuned into Radio Veritas. Good news for a change. Twenty-one minutes after two o'clock, and the the song you're listening to there is Audrey Acid, "Even Unto Death." And uh, we still have our question standing, of course. A six-letter word in English that starts with the letter S and ends with the letter D and contains 10 other words without rearranging any of its letters. Any idea what it is? 011-452-7115. That's the number to dial here on Radio Veritas, 576 AM. And then uh, we'll also be hearing from uh, Bishop uh, Barron, Robert Barron, uh, and he reflects on the woman at the well. That will be just after half past two. And then later on, uh, we'll also hear him uh, just after three, uh, where he reflects on Bob Dylan and Keith Richards and evangelization. How do this meet? <laughs> All that coming up later here on uh, Soft Options, the show that's more than a chair on top. Jay Moss, all right, okay, here on Radio Veritas, 5.76am on Soft Options. After half past two, we hear Bishop Robert Barron. He reflects on the woman at the well. When I think of my life, my life, I think about all the good and the bad. When I think of every smile and cry, I know somebody was looking at 
Join me every Sunday evening on the new show Hali Pirimile Nagutonilanga with Don Similumgati from 7 to 9 p.m. as we wrap up our Sunday. in-depth analysis on the day's news, whether in the church or the secular world, tune in to Changing Gear with Father Brian on Wednesdays from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. each week. Radio Veritas, good news for a change. Uchele cha stations are have some mamorata, stations are have some notes, Radio Veritas, Julianerina, Rijuleloena, Rikig. And it's exactly half past two here on Radio Veritas, 576M on Soft Options.
And uh, so we join uh, Bishop uh, Robert Barron on his reflection, The Woman at the Well. Well, about two weeks ago, I had the great privilege of going to Rome to be part of a jubilee celebration for priests as part of the Year of Mercy. And so I addressed all the English-speaking priests who were there, and they were from all over the world. They're from the you know, States and Canada, from England, Ireland, from Holland, from Latvia, from Cameroon, Ghana. I met priests from all over the place. We gathered in this wonderful church of um, San Andrea della Valle, which is right in the heart of Rome. And it was a great experience to be with these priests and to speak to them. And what I um, chose as my text was The Woman at the Well, the great story from chapter four of the Gospel of John. And I drew four uh, kind of insights out of that story about the divine mercy. Here's the first one. The divine mercy is relentless. Very important thing. The divine mercy is after us. I know I've said it a million times in different forums, but the Bible is not the story of our quest for God. Our quest for God is just not that interesting. It's true. It's valid. But it's not that interesting. What's really interesting is God's quest for, quest for us. God's after us. God's mercy is coming after us. Now, how do you see it in the story? Well, Jesus going into Samaria, right? So he begins in Judea in the south. He's going up to Galilee in the north. Most pious Jews would have gone around Samaria because it was unclean. It was the land of the, of the half-breeds, right? So pious Jews went around it. Jesus goes into it. That's the first thing. He's, he's after the marginalized, the half-breeds, the, the, uh, the forgotten, the, uh, all that. He, he's after us. He's going uh, over the boundaries that we set. More to it, um, he's a Jew talking to a Samaritan. He's a man talking to a woman. That was also unheard of in a public forum. And then finally, the woman who comes at noon and alone to fetch water well, that's weird because you wouldn't come at the hottest time of the day. You'd come at the morning or the end of the day, and you'd come with other people. It was like a, a festive public event. Why is she coming at the worst time of the day and alone? Well, we find out, of course, she's a public sinner. Jesus doesn't care. He crosses that boundary too, and he reaches out to her. There's the first thing we need to know, I told the priest. And this Pope Francis is all over this thing. God's mercy is relentless. Go back to uh, one of my spiritual heroes, Thomas Merton, you know, who said the principal problem in religion is the Promethean problem, right? So Prometheus in the great myth steals fire from the gods and the gods are angry and they arrest him and they punish him eternally because God and humanity on that reading are rivals, right? We have to steal things from God because God doesn't want to give them to us. That's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. God has no need of the world. God's not trying to protect something from the world. Everything I have is yours, right? Says the father of the, of the of older brother in the prodigal son story. Look, pal, you don't have to be grabbing it from me. You don't got to be my slave to get it. Everything I have is yours. Don't you get that yet? That's the relentlessness of God's mercy, which overcomes the Promethean problem. Okay. Well, the second theme I uh, drew out of the story is that the divine mercy is divinizing. Sometimes we think the divine mercy is merely uh, sanative. By which I mean that it, it heals us of what's wrong with us. You know, it's, it solves the problem of sin, which indeed it does. But see, there's more to it than that. Because the divine mercy wants to draw us into the dynamics of the divine life. God wants to share his life with us. 
Go back to the prophet Isaiah, who says uh, something I think it's breathtaking the more you think about it. Your builder wants to marry you, Isaiah says. Well, your builder means God, the one that's built you into existence. And what does he want to do now? Let me get this straight. He doesn't want to just, you know, dominate you or give you the law or have you obey him or something, which all the religions would say. No, no, he wants to marry you. Well, see, what's marriage? But it's the sort of neck plus ultra metaphor for intimacy. If you're a poet and you're, and you're reaching for what, what's the greatest kind of intimacy, intellectual, physical, sexual, psychological, what would I reach for? I'd reach for marriage, right? It's a sharing of life. That's what God wants. God wants to marry us. I, I think most even biblical people don't think along those lines. That's what God finally wants to accomplish. Well, now watch, watch, watch in the story of the woman at the well. If you're stopping by a well and you're a biblical person, you're automatically thinking marriage. Now why? Well, look where um, Abraham sends people to find a wife for Isaac and they stop by a well and that's where they find uh, his wife. Uh, Jacob finds his wife by a well. Moses sits down by a well and then Zipporah, his wife, comes. And so Israelite people, when they said heard well, they're thinking, oh, this is a marriage situation. Well, here's a man sitting down at a well with a woman. Well, St. Augustine said wonderfully that the woman here, the Samaritan woman, symbolizes the church. What's the church, mind you? It's the bride of Christ, who's the bridegroom. And so this is a kind of trysting place, this well. Now, what's Jesus doing? He says to her, now, give me a drink. And she balks, you're a man and a Jew asking me, a Samaritan and a woman, for a drink? Oh, if you knew who was asking you, you'd ask him, and he'd give you living water. See, this is spiritual physics, right? What John Paul II called the law of the gift, which is that your being increases in the measure that you give it away. It's the fundamental law of the spiritual life. We all think the opposite. My being increases the more I hang on to things. Right? Give it to me, let me hang on to it. But the divine life, what I really want to be filled with is God, right? God is love. Therefore, to be filled with love is to be filled with self-gift. As God gives me, I give that gift away. And then I get more of the divine life, which I then give away and I get more of the divine life. And in that great rhythm, I become a participant in the divine life. That's how my builder comes to marry me. That's the divinizing quality of the divine mercy. Now, welcome to the sacraments and to the mass and to confession and to the Eucharist. All of it is meant to be a participation in this divine life. So there's the second point. Third point, I think very important today, by the way that the divine mercy is demanding. We fall very easily today into a zero-sum game, which is the more I stress the divine mercy, well, then the less I must stress the divine demand. Right? If I say mercy, mercy, mercy all day, then I should mute demand. No, no, no. That's silly. That's a zero-sum, non-biblical, non-Christian logic. Chesterton had it right, right? With the great both-and logic of Christianity. Jesus is fully divine and fully human. And that logic sort of uh, invades the whole of our thinking. As he said, we like red, we like white, we have a healthy hatred of pink. We like both colors in their, in their integrity. So mercy, mercy, mercy. Yes, all the way. You can never say it too much. You can never say it too much. But mercy and demand and moral demand. Now, where do we see it here? St. Augustine said wonderfully, 
that the well to which the woman comes every day symbolizes concupiscent desire. That just means errant desire. It means spiritually dysfunctional desire. So the well, I come to fill myself up to be happy with wealth and honor and privilege and power and so on. We all have a version of it, right? So everybody watching this video, everybody, me included, we all got a version of this. There's something we go to and we drink and we get a little bit of satisfaction, but then we're thirsty again. And so we come back and we come back in this desperate rhythm that gets us nowhere finally. Isn't that precisely what Jesus says to the woman at the well? You come every day to this well, don't you? You drink and you get thirsty again. I want to give you water bubbling up in you to eternal life. See, there is the divinizing quality, but the demand he's making is you got to get rid of this rhythm that you're in. You got to stop coming to this stupid well and you got to come to the water I want to give you. And then he, I love how he presses it and how beautifully he, he builds up to this point. He doesn't begin with this. That'd be dysfunctional. But listen to what he says Call your husband. And she, she's now at home with him. He, she's comfortable. She goes, well, I don't have a husband. That's right. You've had five. And the one you're with now is not your husband. Boy, is he coming down hard on her. Boy, is he making a moral demand. Yes, he is. Precisely the one who said, mercy, mercy, mercy. Relentless, non-Promethean, share the divine life. Builder wants to marry you. All that remains true. Totally. And, and therefore, I'm making a demand on you. Therefore, you got to let go of things that are blocking the flow of the divine life in you. And so everyone listening to this video, you know, I can't overstate the divine mercy. I don't want to. Mercy, mercy, mercy all day and all night and all the next day. But that implies demand. It, it implies change. So Jesus calls us to metanoia, right? To conversion. The question is, what's the well? Right? What is the well? Name it. Name it. You've all got one. I've got one or two or three. What are they? And get rid of them, you know, uh, respond to the divine mercy that way. Final point, the fourth point, I told the priest, the divine mercy sends us on mission. And it's beautiful, you know, uh, in the Bible, as I've said many times, nobody is ever given an experience of God without being sent. Nobody. There's no exception. Old Testament and New. No one ever experiences God without being sent. And so this woman, we hear, after speaking to Jesus, puts down the water jar. And then she goes into the city and she announces Christ. She becomes the first evangelist, right, in the Gospel of John. Very important uh, position. The water jar that she puts down, what does that symbolize? That's the conversion. She puts down this old addictive pattern. She puts it down. I'm through with that. I'm not doing that anymore. Unless we can identify what is the water jar, what's the well that you keep going back to, and unless you're willing and able to put that thing down, you're not there yet. But once you do, what do you become automatically? An evangelist. She goes to tell the, the town, what? Let me tell you about this guy who's told me everything I've ever done. It's a very, very interesting thing. Not literally. He didn't, he didn't tell her. Every, but he cracked the code of her life, didn't he? He cracked the code. He did tell her everything she's ever done. Because he, he uncovered the dynamic. You've been running these stupid wells all your life. That's your problem. And so she, she understood that. She was transformed by him. So she wants to tell other people about him. Which leads me to uh, my favorite definition of evangelization, which is one beggar telling another beggar 
where there's bread. See, and if we get that, then we will evangelize. If we're simply doing a head trip, you know, let me tell you about facts about Jesus. Let me tell you truths about Jesus. I mean, fine, fine. That's not real evangelization. Real evangelization comes from people who have put down the water jar under the influence of the divinizing mercy of Christ and now want to tell the world about it. They're beggars too, but they found where the bread is and they want other people to know. So those are the four things I told the uh, priests in Rome. And can I ask everyone watching this video, um, say a prayer for those guys. I think uh, I can see them now, the 700 priests gathered there. There were about 5,000 priests came from all over the world, different you know, countries and languages. Say a prayer uh, for these priests that they might be uh, announcers and bearers of the divine mercy. The seven corporal works of mercy, to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, heal the sick, visit the imprisoned, bury the dead. I 
Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. From the cross I hear your voice reveal a love that is true. When you asked, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, love that is most holy, oh, love divine, I am so May we fall deeply in love with you, divine mercy, every moment of every day, to all eternity, do to me and all that I have, as it pleases you, my Lord, for the accomplishment of your will is my consolation. Oceans of your divine mercy So unfathomable the abyss of your love for me Oceans of your divine mercy Yes, Jesus, I trust in you Have mercy on me Jesus, I trust in you. 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 I'm Father Emil, and I want to tell you a little story about St. Dominic and the miracle of the loaves. St. Dominic was the founder of the Dominican order, of which I'm a member, and he trusted totally in the providence of the Lord. He relied on the free will offerings the faithful would give him, and so great was his faith that even when there was no food to serve, the early friars would sit at the table and say grace. And this deep faith was rewarded more than once, legend tells us, when the angels of the Lord arrived and placed a loaf of bread before each of them. Now, in this month of August, when we celebrate St. Dominic's feast, I'd like, in the name of St. Dominic, to invite you to be our angels of divine providence. You know, it costs about 80,000 rand per year to educate one Dominican brother. So help us educate our wonderfully gifted students as priests and help us to fulfill our mission of preaching the gospel by sending your contribution to Aquinas Community, Nedbank Eastgate, the branch code 192405 and the account number 192420243 and help us to have Another Miracle of the Loaves.
in-depth analysis on the day's news, whether in the church or the secular world, tune in to Changing Gear with Father Brian on Wednesdays from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. each week. Radio Veritas, good news for a change.
The seven corporal works of mercy, to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, heal the sick, visit the imprisoned, bury the dead. Join me every Sunday evening on the new show Hali Pirimile Nagutonilanga with Don Similumgati from 7 to 9 p.m. as we wrap up our Sunday.
St. Augustine College, South Africa's only Catholic institution of higher education. Visit staugustine.ac.za and find out more about our offerings. Our mission is to educate ethical leaders for Africa. Radio Veritas, together with the multi-talented musical group, The Gifted Folks, bring you a concert in celebrating the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Come and join us as we praise in song on the 26th of August at the Sacred Heart Cathedral in Pretoria. At 7 p.m., the cost is 100 rand. Contact Mahadi Butelezi on 011-663-4700 or... 083-992-0387 Veritas Truth The voyage of discovery lies not in finding new landscapes but in having new eyes Truth simply is let us now join together in reciting the divine mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
atonement for our sins and those of the whole world for the sake of a sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of a sorrowful Another whole world for the sake. 
Hello everyone, this is Bishop Kevin Dowling from Rustenburg and you are listening to Radio Veritas. 
I'm a listener. I've also participated many times with interviews and so forth. It's always been a wonderful gift and privilege to talk to you and to share my journey and experiences. So I wish you every blessing in life as you listen to Radio Veritas and be touched by good news. True. 
We celebrate the dedication of St. Mary Major Basilica, 
First raised at the order of Pope Liberius in the mid-4th century, the Librarian Basilica was rebuilt by Pope Sixtus III shortly after the Council of Ephesus affirmed Mary's title as Mother of God in 431. Rededicated at that time to the Mother of God, St. Mary Major is the largest church in the world honoring God through Mary. Standing atop one of Rome's seven hills, the Esquiline, it has survived many restorations without losing its character as an early Roman basilica. Its interior retains three naves divided by colonnades in the style of Constantine's era. Fifth-century mosaics on its walls testify to its antiquity. St. Mary Major is one of the four Roman basilicas known as patriarchal cathedrals in memory of the first centers of the church. St. John Lateran represents Rome, the See of Peter. St. Paul outside the walls, the See of Alexandria, allegedly the see presided over by Mark, St. Peter's, the See of Constantinople, and St. Mary's, the See of Antioch where Mary is supposed to have spent most of her life. One legend, unreported before the year 1000, gives another name to this feast, Our Lady of the Snows. According to that story, a wealthy Roman couple pledged their fortune to the Mother of God. In affirmation, she produced a miraculous summer snowfall and told them to build a church on the site. The legend was long celebrated by releasing a shower of white rose petals from the Basilica's dome every August the 5th. Theological debate over Christ's nature as God and man reached fever pitch in Constantinople in the early 5th century. The chaplain of Bishop Nestorius began preaching against the title Theotokos, Mother of God, insisting that the Virgin was mother only of the human Jesus. Nestorius agreed, decreeing that Mary would henceforth be named Mother of Christ in his see. The people of Constantinople virtually revolted against their bishop's refutation of a cherished belief. When the Council of Ephesus refuted Nestorius, believers took to the streets enthusiastically chanting Theotokos, Theotokos. From the earliest times, the Blessed Virgin is honored under the title of Mother of God, in whose protection the faithful take refuge together in prayer in all their perils and needs. Accordingly, following the Council of Ephesus, there was a remarkable growth in the cult of the people of God towards Mary, in veneration and love, in invocation and imitation. And of course, uh, that was uh, Bishop uh, Robert Barrett earlier. He reflected on uh, the woman at the well, and now he reflects on <laughs> Keith Richards, Bob Dylan, and how uh, their music and perhaps uh, they link to evangelization. So here it is, Bishop Robert Barron.
just a couple weeks ago, I gave a sermon in which I mentioned uh, Keith Richards, who is the famous uh, lead guitarist for the Rolling Stones. I mentioned a passage in his autobiography where he talks about the early days of the Rolling Stones when they dedicated themselves to learning Chicago blues. And he said, we gave ourselves with a Benedictine dedication to learning this music. I told the people, I think you should give yourselves with that same kind of Benedictine dedication and singleness of purpose to the spiritual life. Okay, I also added, I said, please don't buy his autobiography for your confirmation kids as a present and say Father Barron recommended that you read it. I said, Keith wandered down a lot of bad paths, you know, and the people laughed. Well, after the Mass, I had dinner, or I had breakfast, rather, with um, my sister and her family and my mother. My mother said, um, Bobby, I thought your homily was fine, but you should never have mentioned that awful Keith Richards, who's just the epitome of nothing. So she wasn't happy about that little citation. Now, as anyone who knows me well uh, realizes, I'm a big fan of Bob Dylan. I discovered Bob Dylan when I was a teenager, and um, it's fair to say that his writing, his music, has had a decisive influence on the way my own imagination and mind have been formed, even in regard to, to God. And that's why in a lot of my books and a lot of my retreats and DVDs, I, I cite Bob Dylan quite a bit. In fact, in one of my uh, recorded retreats, I referred to Bob Dylan as a hero of mine. Well, some people uh, complained about that, and they said, well, come on, Bob Dylan was a drug addict, and, and Bob Dylan's thinking is a little bit, you know, off-kilter, and how could a Catholic priest be recommending him so enthusiastically? Another person that I cite all the time is Thomas Merton. I discovered Thomas Merton around the same time I first listened to Bob Dylan when I was a teenager. I read his wonderful autobiography, The Seven-Story Mountain, and as you know, that's the gripping narrative of this young, very worldly man who undergoes a conversion, first to Catholicism, and then to the very rigorous life of a Trappist monk. Well, that story um, had a huge impact on me and influenced rather profoundly my own decision to become a priest. And so it's not surprising that I cite Merton a lot in my books, in my writings, in my um, video work, etc., well, again, people have complained to me about that. They say, well, you know, Thomas Merton in his private life, even after his conversion, you know, did some ambiguous things. And um, in his own uh, theoretical life, he seemed to drift in a more syncretistic direction toward the end of his life, maybe even toward Buddhism. And they say, how can you be recommending Thomas Merton or using him with such enthusiasm? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I think my mother was a little strong in saying that Keith Richards is the epitome of nothing. But I certainly agree, Keith Richards is not a model in every aspect of life, certainly not in the moral area. Uh, more to it, though I deeply admire Bob Dylan, I certainly agree he's not a model of Catholic orthodoxy in every one of his opinions. Um, Thomas Merton, you know, sure, there's some things, you know, many people in the 60s got a little bit mixed up, and there are certain things he said and did in the 60s that I wouldn't particularly recommend. Nevertheless, I would strongly defend my use of these uh, figures in my own work as a preacher and teacher and evangelizer. How come? Well, part of it is this. To cite one quotation or one dimension of a writer or figure is not to give a wholesale endorsement 
to everything that person ever said or ever did. I mean, look, I'm a big fan of Abraham Lincoln. I cite Lincoln all the time. Well, Lincoln's theological opinions were hardly uh, orthodox ones. His views on God are not ones that I would say are perfectly correct. Yet I cite him. Uh, I'm a big fan of Picasso, especially a lot of his early work. I think is very moving. Some of Picasso's work is deeply offensive. Look at um, someone like Martin Heidegger, you know, with Wittgenstein, the greatest philosopher of the 20th century. Well, Heidegger has been very influential on my own theological work. And yet I hate the fact that Heidegger, at one point in his life, was a Nazi sympathizer. My point is this. If we're limited to those people with whom we utterly agree in every intellectual uh, area and with whom we are in utter agreement morally, we'd be limited to citing Jesus and the Blessed Mother. <laughs> it's that everyone carries with him or her some ambiguity. Uh, we'd be so radically limited if we, if we thought that any citation involved a wholesale endorsement of everything someone had said or done. But there's more to it than that. And it has to do with the new evangelization. Okay, Keith Richards is not a saint. But Keith Richards has a credibility in the counterculture that a lot of saints don't have. And so my citation of Keith Richards might signal to somebody who would never otherwise darken the door of a church, it might say, oh, I'll listen to that. That's intriguing. Keith gives me an access to that world that the church rarely has access to. Um, same with Bob Dylan. I mean, is Bob Dylan perfectly orthodox in his opinions? Obviously not, but Bob Dylan has this massive credibility in the wider culture, a culture that is way outside the normal reach of the, of the Catholic Church. I've told the story before about how, and word on fire, I did a video about Bob Dylan, and it reached a young guy, 19 years old, who hated the Catholic Church, completely alienated from the church. But it brought him in to that video, then to other videos, and then to the website, and he's now becoming a Catholic. Well, that's how it worked. If I was citing only Catholic saints, I might never have gotten that young man's attention. Um, Thomas Merton. Sure, he said and did things that I wouldn't be totally in agreement with, but Merton's got a credibility in this um, religious culture that's way outside the Catholic ambit. Maybe people who are deeply interested in, in Buddhism and Hinduism and Eastern religions would be intrigued enough by a mention of Thomas Merton to listen. You know, my model in this regard, actually, is Thomas Aquinas, my great hero. Thomas Aquinas, in the 13th century, in his highly, you know, focused Orthodox Catholic work, cites, among many others, Moses Maimonides, who was a Jewish rabbi. He cites Aristotle, who was a pagan philosopher. He cites Averroes and Avicenna, who were Muslim philosophers. He cites Origen, a Christian theologian, many of whose opinions were condemned by the church. In other words, Aquinas ranges widely in the people he cites, and he's not restricted to those who are utterly orthodox in their uh, ideas or their behavior. He's willing to use people who can give him access to a much wider uh, culture and willing to find truth wherever it lies, even in the midst of maybe some erroneous opinions or some questionable behavior. My fear is that a hyper-fussiness about the moral and intellectual integrity of the people I cite would lock me and then lock the church into a kind of feedback loop, into this closed conversation where we only talk to people with whom we utterly agree, 
And see, that evangelically is just not going to fly. My overall point here is, just as Jesus said, go out to all the nations and announce the good news. And just as John Paul II said, we have to engage in a new evangelization. We've got to go outside the ordinary ambit of the church. I think the use of such figures, who might be maybe not strictly perfect in every way, is more than justified by the access they give us to this wider world as we try to evangelize.
Nine minutes to four o'clock here on Radio Veritas, 5.76 a.m. As we look at our prayer circle for today, the 5th of August, this Friday. Gratitude Friday it is. And so all the intentions uh, that have come through today, all those mentioned by Shana and Father Edmas today. Including the intentions of Mkhono uh, Harriet, including the intentions of uh, somebody who says uh, Thanksgiving for all prayers answered, and for myself as I'm celebrating my birthday today, may God shower me with lots and lots of blessings. The intentions of TC Lovu, who's praying for the OMIs, who are celebrating their 200th anniversary tomorrow, may Mother Mary guide them. Also praying for myself, I'm not well, asking for divine healing. This is from TC Ndlovu. Please pray for my son Francois, my niece Veronique, and nephew Trey on the altar for employment. This is from Megs. Lots of anonymous intentions, one saying please pray for healing for my eye. Please put my sister Joyce on the altar for financial breakthrough we also remember granny who celebrates her birthday today the intentions of adrian intentions of rose intentions of alex val lydia fiona One intention saying, please pray for Father Mario David Dibier, who is celebrating his 17th priestly anniversary on Sunday, the 7th of August in Nigeria. May our Lord continue to bless him. This is from Benedict. We also remember Mangoba Kulu to get employment. This is from his mom. We remember... The intentions of Busi, who says a special repose of the soul for Father Patrick Marcelwani, granting my Lord eternal rest. The intentions of Philomena, intentions of Tietin Dobo in Virginia, who says, please remember my late aunt Machante, Machante Anna Lehoko on the altar. May she find rest and comfort. And also please pray for her kids and siblings. 
We wish Ndate Tsolo Nakin a happy birthday today. We couldn't get hold of him earlier. And it says here, you are an excellent leader with a generous heart, mentor, true leader, hardworking boss. May life bring you even, even greater success and prosperity. More anonymous intentions. One saying, please pray for my husband, Craig. One saying, in thanksgiving and for the holy souls. One saying, please pray for my marriage and my family. One saying, please pray that the Lord will help the difficult situations that I find myself in. We remember the intentions of Gloria, intentions of somebody who says, uh, please, uh, as you celebrate Mass today, thanksgiving to Almighty God that the will of the will of Almighty God will be done in the Portuguese community and the Rainbow Nation. We remember the intentions of Matthew and Natalie, Barenz, Dorego. Intentions of Ariela and Baby. Please uh, remember the soul of Martha who passed on this morning and her family and for Carla D'Souza who's undergoing chemo. We also remember the intentions of Faye Jackson in Binoni who says, please, uh, thanksgiving for, uh, on the altar for family and friends who helped me celebrate my 90th birthday. I enjoyed all get-togethers, plus especially my blessings at Mass. Please pray for the repose of the soul of my nephew, whose anniversary was on the 4th of August. That's from Anonymous. Tommy Chachuayo saying, I'd like to put on the altar my brother-in-law, Temba Mkabela, to get well from his illness. I'd like to remember the soul of my departed dear mother, Emily Mapai, who died on the 6th of August, 2010. May she rise with Christ at the end of time. And this is from Teresa Mapai. Also think about the intentions of Lindsay, Intentions of Doris Jackson, Joseph Mluli, Doreen Mpofu, Denise. We remember Memoe Rampama celebrating her birthday tomorrow. And so for all these intentions and the intentions we have in our own hearts right now, Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father Brian Mklanga up next. The show is called Changing Gear. And uh, today, in our Catholic profiles, he's speaking to Spiwe Muloi. And so we look forward to that. From me, Khanyadi Tabe, this Friday, the 5th of August. Yachaula, yeah, yeah.